share through stories to build up your faith, to encourage you, to stir you, to stir you for the more. There's so much more than what you can imagine. Come on, let's say it. There's more. So just this week, the Lord has been speaking to me about so many things. I haven't had such a prophetic flow in ages. Just been typing out pages upon pages of things I feel God is speaking to me. And it's not an external voice. It's an internal voice. You see, when you become a Christian, Jesus comes and lives on the inside through his Holy Spirit. So you hear a voice from the inside. So we came back from Cape Town. We had Convergence Conference. It was amazing. Had an awesome time. Didn't have a holiday. We had Pastor Summit. Didn't have a holiday. We were, I'm responsible now for 50 churches. I just want to say leadership isn't for sissies. And I tell my wife every now and again, in all sissies, sissies. <laughs> we are not sissies. But it's really tough. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and coming back, you know, on Sunday night, driving all the way from Cape Town, and I was like, I'm tired, I need a holiday. So, uh, so my answer to that was, let's pray for three days. So I've been, I, I ignored my hundreds of to-dos and ignore all the WhatsApps, a lot of WhatsApps and emails and things, a little bit. But I was just like, God, I need you. I need you for this term. I haven't even thought about this term. I was just so focused on the convergence and the pastor's summit and speaking into the pastor's marriage, as Sonic and I did. And the focus was just there. And it was just amazing. These few days, it was just like God is coming to breathe upon me, new life. It's like, hmm, this is a good holiday. This is a good holiday. I tell you, holiday is not Hawaii. It is Jesus Z. It is resting in the Lord. And so, this term, we want to call you. I didn't forgot to really say it this morning, so now I'm going to say it. This is a call to pray. This is a call to pray. But not like the traditional type of pray. It's a call to transformation. It's a call to, in that place of prayer, to be transformed by the Spirit of God so that we can release life to others. I mean, we've often, I mean, who would like to see people come to Jesus? Now we want to. We want to see people come to Jesus, but so often we don't know how. Where do you start? You know, I, I was known all the years I started. You know, I came to Christ on a Saturday night as a student, my first year at university, the next morning, six o'clock, these guys woke me up. Saturday night, I came to Christ. I was all really confused, really confused. And, and uh, the guys brought me or woke me up six o'clock the next morning. I mean, you don't wake up a student on a Sunday morning at six o'clock. Are you mole? We go to church in the evening. So they woke me up and I went to this prayer meeting. I was just sitting in the corner thinking, dudes, you're weird. You're weird. This is weird. I mean, they were seeing visions and things were happening and it was weird. But something started there and I, <clears throat> I've started to <clears throat> begin to live a lifestyle of prayer. This is what I do. I, you can ask Sonica. I'm always, I'm walking in the house praying continuously. And, uh, and, and, and I was known in our church family, if you ask other pastors, your Andre is the prayer. He prays, he prays, he prays. But I thought that that's all that I am. I'm the prayer. I'm never going to lead people to Christ. I'm not the one that really see lives change. I'm the guy that prays behind the scenes. 
And then the prophetic word came that, no, you're a healing evangelist. I'm like, who? Are you crazy? You know, that was in 2012, end of, beginning 2013, the word of, you're a healing evangelist. And then I started to step out. And we saw so many people physically healed and more and more people coming to Christ. But, I, but, but there's something that has changed in me over these last five years is like I'm, I feel like I'm filling up with more of what I call the fire of the Holy Spirit. The fire of the Holy Spirit. It's not a random concept that we theorize about. It's we can feel Him. We can sense God. You know, and like in times of worship, you, you sense His presence drawing near. But I believe there's this place. And in this week, I, I heard the voice of God saying, be an ark, an ark of the covenant. You know what the ark of the covenant was? That was the golden box in the Old Testament that was the maid upon which there was a mercy seat and angels, two angels with wings touching. And then the chabod, the glory of God, rested upon this ark. God dwelt in the midst of his people on top of this ark. This glory cloud came upon the ark. Now, who's the ark now? <laughs> me. Say me. Me. Because what happens these days, we have the super powerful anointed preachers of God, and the rest of us say, well, there is an ark. But it's not me. That's a lie. You are an ark. You are a dwelling place for God, and it will absolutely revolutionize your life when you experience the dwelling, indwelling fullness, the presence of the living God. It's glorious. So I started in India for the first time. I experienced this and was praying for a whole line of people, and I felt like a tingling on my toes. Many of you have heard the story, but tingling on, the, on my toes just felt like that when I feel the tingling, people get healed. And then I felt, when Argentina, I felt like up to my knees. And then I felt up to my waist. And, and something's happening. I'm going deeper, Clinton. But all of us are going deeper. All of us, are, I believe there's a call right now for us to go deeper into the Spirit. This is the key. There's an onslaught of evil in this world like the world has never seen. Of evil, of perversity, of wickedness, of darkness through our TV screens and the internet and media. It's just, it's a stuffed up world in terms of what we're being assaulted with and, and, and our young people even more. How are we going to turn it around? A Bible story? Let's tell a Bible story. Mythical, fairy tale, Bible story. Is that gonna, is that gonna change the world? I believe in the Word of God. Yes, the Bible. Not mythical fairy tales. I believe every word in the scriptures. It's, it's history, but it's more than that. It's the Word of God. It is God's Word that transforms us. But I believe there's a, there's a call right now for us to move deeper into the Spirit. Do you know that we, we owe the world an encounter with Jesus. We owe the world an encounter with Jesus. But do you know you can only give the encounter if you've had the encounter? 
You can only give what you have. You can't give what you don't have. You know, and Sonic and I were sharing about Friday night with the youth. A whole bunch of things happened. Young people were being touched by God. Incredible things were happening. And I'm sure Sonica wouldn't mind me saying, but she was asking me later that evening, could that happen when I pray for people too? You know, and I told Sonica like five years ago, six years ago, I would pray for people and just squat, man, nothing. Creek, creek. Jesus, where are you? And this sometimes still that happens. But we're moving in the right direction. You know, so with the youth, you know, this is just my, my passion to see lives change. I want to stir your faith so that you can have a Jesus encounter tonight. I want to stir your faith. So with the youth on, on Friday, we had some of the young people share their stories. Um, we like once or twice a term on Friday nights, we would have like a, a Holy Spirit evening where we would not just talk about Jesus, but say, I'm going to demonstrate this to you. I'm going to show you that God is real. You see, that is an apostolic value. That was the Apostle Paul's value system. In 1 Corinthians 2, verses 2 to 4, he spoke about this. I I don't want to know anything amongst you except Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. So he was saying, guys, I am a nobody. But then he goes on, he says, but my, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith would be in God and not in the wisdom of man. So the apostolic value is, I don't want to just talk to you about this awesome God. I just want to, want to sing songs about this awesome God. I want to show you. He's real. He's real. You know, so some of our young people, been, we have him share the testimonies afterwards, but some of them had incredible God encounters. And you know when it's what happens to young people, you know it's not, it can't be fake. They have no frame of reference for this. It's like they can't, they don't know how to do this. So we would just pray for them. And then they, I mean, some would share on, on um, the previous terms ones, two of the young boys, two of the boys had these amazing God encounters. The glory came upon them. And when the glory come upon you, sometimes you go to the floor. It overwhelms you. It's like a wave crashing into you. So this is what some of them experienced. The one experienced like electricity running through his body. And the one guy shared that the, boy, the young man that he brought to youth and the young man he took back home was not the same young man. Because he had a Jesus encounter. We owe the world the Jesus encounter. The other young man, he has been one of the most stubborn, difficult, just, you know, young boys, grade six now. I mean, he's so st- just hot, difficult. Sometimes I think, go away, go away. But we're not allowed to say it because we're Christian. (laughs) And then he had this amazing encounter. He shared with us how he felt pins and needles all over his body. And then he went down to the floor. And he said as he was lying on the floor, he felt God speak to him. Grade six, he wants squat to do with God. He comes with the games. And suddenly he has a Jesus encounter. I asked him. 
What's happened? What's changed? He said, now I'm reading my Bible and I'm praying. Wow. That's a Jesus encounter. Hallelujah. So on Friday evening, the one young boy, I think he's grade six-ish, he said, someone prayed for him and he said, he felt all the wrong that he's done in his life was washed away. And then he went to the floor. Not everybody goes to the floor. Some of them go to the floor. And then it was the seven-year-old girl, cutest little thing. Zara, I think, is her name. So I'm asking for testimonies. And so she comes forward and she speaks over the mic and she says, I felt God hold my hand. And I totally believe her. Totally believe her. You see, it's like when we come like children, we encounter the living God. Jesus said, you can only enter the kingdom of God as a child. You know, but what happens to us? We get old and pessimistic. And oh, there's church people, you know, and life happens and we start doubting and we start doubting that God wants to touch us. And we start doubting that he loves us and we start doubting that he is real and we start thinking all the rubbish. They're making it up. They're lying. It can't be. I promise you it's the truth. Lives are being changed through Jesus encounters, but we can only give what we receive. So if you and I, and I've discovered this, if I want to see the world changed, one thing needs to happen. I need to catch fire. The old Moody said to preachers, he said, catch fire and the world will come and watch you burn. It's true. It's true. Because something changes. There's a presence of God. It's not the person. It is God on the person. That changes lives. And I have seen so many lives change just through my laying on of hands of people. Now, let me just, I mean, this morning was beautiful. The one um, guy, I mean, at the end of the service, we prayed for a whole bunch of people. And, uh, and the guy just came to get his child and chat to his wife. And I was chatting to him and I said, and he said, hey, man, work's tough. And I said, hey, can I pray for you? So he said, sure. So I just laid a hands on him. Prayed for him. I didn't know the background. Came to that he, he feels dead on the inside. He hasn't cried in years. He has disconnected from his wife. He has disconnected from everybody around him. He's disconnected from God. He is in an extremely bad place. Do you know what happens? Within about a minute, the presence of God comes. And this guy bawls. From a random little, nun, in, little chat. To let me pray for you. Presence comes. God, thank you. He says he feels something changed on the inside. This is so powerful. It's one of our greatest honors in life is to carry the presence of God and then to release life to somebody else. So we trust in that tonight we're going to come alive. This is a call to Pray. A lifestyle of positioning yourself in the presence of God so that He may light your lamp with Holy Spirit fire. Amen. And then we can release that life into the world. So look at this Isaiah 60, 
Isaiah 60 verses 1 to 3, it says, Arise, let's read it together. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Just want to stop it there. And it says, the Gentiles shall come as well. But the first bit there, it says, arise, shine. Is that metaphorical speak, metaphorically speaking? Is that just a nice idea? Ooh, I'm going to shine my little light. Shine my little light. It's amazing. I, I believe from testimonies that in the spirit, we shine. A Satanist lady from Cape Town became a Christian, and she shared how she would walk down the streets and she could see who are the believers. People shining, shining the light, the glory of God. It's amazing. It's wonderful. It says, arise, shine, for your light has come. Quick question. Who is the light of the world? Jesus. Yes. He is the light of the world. He is the light, for your light has come. And then Jesus speaks and he says to these, his followers, you are the light of the world. But first you need to let the light shine upon you. First you need to have the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. What is glory? Glory is more than just light. More than just light shining. I mean, light is just, I mean, you close your eyes, but yeah, light shining. That's, that's light. Glory is transforming light. It is the transforming essence of God. It's what makes us turn, change from darkness to light. Imagine for a moment a world without the sun. A world without heat. A world without the ability to see. A world without the sun. That is the world of those who do not know Jesus. They are in darkness. They don't even know it. But we know it because we were there. I remember. I was in darkness. I was flipping clueless. I would stumble over stuff. I don't even know why I'm stumbling. That's what the scriptures say. The, the wicked stumble. They don't even know why. Because they can't see. We were all there. We were all darkness. Until the glory of the Lord rises upon us and we become light. I mean, just think of the stories in the scriptures of glory. Isaiah Meeting, having this God encounter in Isaiah 6, and he sees the Lord high and lifted up, and the angel declaring, holy, 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 and then him crying out, woe is me, I'm going to die. That's the effect of glory, I'm going to die. Moses. I mean, on the, on the mountain, the, the glory was, was covered with clouds, but the, the people could just see lightnings and thunder. It was scary. It was scary. It was glory. Glory. Now in New Testament, we have Jesus being transfigured on the mountain with the disciples, three of the disciples there. And then Elijah was there and Moses was, uh, appeared and, and God the Father was there. But he was transfigured. He shone with glory. And the disciples were terrified. And then in Revelation, Revelation chapter 1. 
Jesus appears to John the apostle who loved him, who knew him, who put his head on his chest. Intimate relationship, John the apostle and Jesus. And now John is on the Isle of Patmos and he has this incredible God encounter where he like walks into heaven. Jesus appears to him in all of his glory. What happens? He falls flat down his face, dead. I'm dead. Glory. 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 God wants his glory to rise upon us. There's nothing on earth like it. It's nothing. I promise you, I can stay in the presence of God forever. I don't want to leave. I don't want to go do admin. I just want to be here. Thank you, Jesus, for Ashlyn and Claire and Yvette and Sonic and everybody else doing stuff. But I just want to be here right now. <laughs> I also need to do admin. But I always want to stay in that place. It's incredible. You want to see East London changed? Let the glory of God come here. Let the glory of God come upon our lives. It will change everything. It will change everything. It will change everything. This is what God wants to do. It says that darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But, say but, the Lord will arise over you. The Lord will arise over you. The glory that arises upon us will chase the darkness away. I am not afraid of the darkness because I am in his light. The time for Christians to be afraid, for believers to be afraid of evil or the darkness is over. There is no fear in the very presence of God. Let's chase away the darkness. Let's go on the assault. So I want to just give you three points. I'm really going too long. Three things of how the kingdom of light can come, should come. First thing, be the message. Jesus says you are the light. So there needs to be identity shift. We need to... This week, I felt the Lord say to me, my people are so ashamed of my message. But you are the message. So my people are so ashamed of who they are, Christians, believers in Christ, followers in Christ, of Christ. It's time to cast off the shame. You are light. If you are a follower of Christ, if you've been made alive through the power of Jesus Christ, who has washed your sin away, and the Holy Spirit has come to make you alive, resurrection life has flowed into your spirit. You are light. Come on, let's say it. I am light. Say, I'm the light of the world. Say, I'm not ashamed of the good news of Jesus. I am the message. Amen. You are. You are the message. Unbelievers read us long before they read the Bible. They look at us. Are we kind? Are we loving? Are we humble? Are we caring? Are we, are we real? I remember years ago as, 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 as students in Stellenbosch, these two guys, they were some of the worst, like, atheistic, aggressively anti-God party animals. And they found Jesus. Do you know what they did? They're a little bit like Johnny, which is a compliment. Radical change. 
But they were going around and saying, why didn't you guys tell us this is so awesome? We didn't know. Why didn't you tell us? That was quite convicting. Why didn't we tell? Why didn't we say something? Why didn't we shine our lights? You are the message. You are the message. If the kingdom of light is going to come, we need to discover who we are in Christ. We are light. Spend time with the Lord. Let his light, let, let the flame grow and then take that light out. I mean, the other day I, we go to school functions every now and again, assemblies, and I'm, oh, I'm not crazy about it. You know, I have to do like random talk with people that don't want nothing to know, don't necessarily want to know anything in terms of Jesus. I want to talk about Jesus. That's all I want to do. So now I have to talk about little stuff. But now, last week, last week I was like, I was before we went, so like I said, we're going to the school now. So I was like, man, spent a good time in the praise of God. I got filled up. Like, yes, let's do this. So then I targeted people more aggressively. They wouldn't find it aggressive. I was very kind and nice. But I was just like, just stepping out of, standing in the corner, you know, just going and Stepping out and connecting with people. The enemy wants us to hide in a corner. In a prayer meeting now, we felt that there's a bully spirit wanting to bully us into submission and into quiet, into sitting in the corner. I rebuke that bully spirit in Jesus' name. You have the bully spirit. He's God. He's the big one. He overwhelms all darkness, all evil. Nothing. He bullies the devil. We don't bully people, eh? we, but he bullies the devil. Amen. Let our light shine. Let the light shine. You are the message. Second point to release this kingdom of light is to have confidence in community. So I want to take you to this verse um, <clears throat> just before that. Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16. That's where it says, you are the light of the world. Jesus speaking, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. A city set on a hill. So imagine a random dude running up the hill. I am a city. No, dude, you're just a light. You can't be a city. Jesus is saying you are a city. He is assuming every believer will be in community. We will do it together. It is better together. You can't do this alone. That God has called us as a church and the church in the city to be a city on a hill, shining for everybody to see. There is great confidence in community. Look at this verse. Haggai 2 verse 7. This is what the Lord says. Prophetic word for the end times. And I will shake all nations. And they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory. Who's the desire of all nations? When the pastor asks you a question, a good answer is Jesus. Jesus. He is the desire. Everybody wants Jesus, but they don't know it. They haven't discovered it. I've discovered it. Oh, it's been, I've been waiting for, longing for all my life. I've found him. I've found peace. I've found rest for my soul. I found confidence. I found everything I need. It's found in Jesus. It's all about him. It's all about him. And Jesus is crying out saying, come on, guys. 
Let me fill you with my glory. Let me cover you with my glory. And then go up that hill unashamedly and shine for all of East London to see. And they will run to Jesus. Amen. We have nothing to offer people. I've discovered this over the years. I have nothing to give. But when God fills me with his spirit, I have so much to give. And you have so much to give. You know, I speak to people that come from some other churches and they tell me in their churches where they come from, it was only the pastor and the elders that prayed for people. Newsflash, not in this church. Everybody should be praying for people. Everybody should be praying. Everybody, the saints should be equipped for the work of the ministry. The pastor drinks coffee at home. That's it with his wife. Romantic coffee at home. While the people do ministry. Yes. That's a good deal, this. I'll join you. Don't worry. I'll join you. I like it too much. But it should be every one of us. But the key is to let God clothe us with his glory. Clothe us with his glory. Clothe us with his glory. It's like you get over yourself like, I'm going to talk to you. (laughs) I love you so much. That's what God wants to do, wants to remove the shame. He says, I will shake all nations. And so God shakes nations, but he also shakes individuals. And when he shakes individuals, we need to be there. I want to encourage you, make friends with people who do not know Jesus. Don't push them, force them, hit them with the Bible. Just love them. But be there when the wheels come off, because the wheels are going to come off. That's why I'm waiting for my family. They're such nice people. Such good people. It's going too well with them. So I'm waiting. When? When can I come in? Share the good news of Jesus. Obviously, we're wanting an anointing that even if it's not going bad with people, they will just turn to Jesus. That's the anointing. That's the glory of God. But I want to encourage you. Just keep on building relations, friends with people. Just love them. Be there. Be there for them. But God will shake people. And I believe that what he says there, I will fill this temple with glory. And at the end, I I believe it's like this. I will fill the temple with glory. And then all the nations will come to the desire of all nations. I will fill it with glory. But then every one of us needs to be hungry for more of God. That's why I prayed often. I say, Lord Jesus, possess me. I want every cell in my body on fire with your spirit that there is no space for darkness, no space for rubbish, no space for unbelief, just raw God. Because this world needs Jesus, not me. What if we all would become possessed with the love, the goodness, the kindness, the gentleness, the self-control, all of which is God, that will manifest his nature. That's what he wants to do. I come running. I believe they will come running. They will come running. So the third point, I want to end off with this. The Lord wants to light our lamps. What is prayer? There's a whole answer, a lot of answers. All of them correct. I want to say to you, prayer is to position yourself in a place where God can light your lamp. Where He can clothe you with fire, Holy Spirit fire. 
so you can take it out into the world. I believe that's prayer. I want to call us as a church to pray. I want to invite you Sunday afternoon, 3.30. We pray next door in the youth center for an hour, hour and a half. I want to call you to pray on a daily basis to seek the face of God. I want to call you to get a little bit earlier every day and seek the face of God. That he can light your lamp. I believe the moment you come to Christ, God gives you a lampstand. A little one. And over time, he grows it. He grows it. I felt like this week, the Lord said to me, I have just upgraded your lampstand. It can now carry more fire. Amen. More. God, more of you. So we see the book of Revelation, chapter 2, where Jesus speaks to the church of Ephesus. And he says, you've fallen from your first love. You, 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 you great Christians, you're doing great work, but you're not in love with the Savior of your soul anymore as you were before. Repent, or otherwise, I will come and take your lampstand away. In other words, the presence of God's going to leave. It says just before that as well, the, Jesus is the one who dwells amongst the lampstands. He only goes where there's a lampstand. He dwells amongst the churches where there's a lampstand. But we see this over the years that churches that were, they had a lampstand, they had a lampstand, and then they grow and they become successful, and then they lose the passion, the fire for the living God, and then they lose the lampstand, and it's just a shell of what it was previously, an empty, dry shell. But God wants fire, life, He wants a lampstand, and then He wants to come put fire in that lampstand. But also our hearts need to turn to Jesus. Jesus, you're my everything. I don't know what to do with myself today. Jesus, I'm going to spend time with you. That's what he's looking for, a passion, a love that draws us to him. Just can't get enough, can't get enough. Oh, can't get enough. That's what God wants to do, lampstands. Come like a child. Come like a child. Pray, Lord, light my lamp. Let's say, Lord, light my lamp tonight. Lord, more of you. Bring your fire in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So this last verse, Psalm 18, 28, it says, For you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. Isn't that beautiful? The Lord will light my lamp. Jesus is the one that baptizes in the Holy Spirit and